always green around the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Well, I've put out the call and the show, and you guys are coming through. 404-872-0750 to uh, call in with your tree questions. Not that we won't take other calls and questions right now, but I want to take advantage, and I mean in the most polite way possible, of my guests this morning. I got Jeff Roth and Rafael Santiago of Premier Tree Solutions. You hear me talk about them on the radio, chopmytree.com. How did you come up with such a, a catchy website that's not premiertreesolutions.com? <laughs> Off my tree. I was sitting in my brother-in-law's kitchen trying to come up with something crafty, and I was <laughs> cut this tree, chop that, cut trees, <laughs> and then between he and I, we just said the words that came out, and I said, "That's it." <laughs> and bought the it. domain name, and we do all of our marketing through that. You don't really see Premier Tree much outside of the website or on our T-shirts and. But it's all chopmytree.com. Chopmytree.com. That's it. And I have uh, posted about them on the Facebook page. So when you search Facebook, Green and Growing WSB, and right there I have linked to Premier Tree Solutions, chopmytree.com's Facebook page. So that's a good place to, to start following them as well. And you guys put out a newsletter with really good uh, tree – well, not – newsletter necessarily but you do blogs, blogs and i'm always attracted to them because i see you put them on on twitter different blogs about i mean just every aspects of trees it's fascinating stuff that you guys find yeah i mean we try to cover everything um on a regular place basis just trying to share share um our knowledge with uh people out there in uh, radio land knowledge is free you know i mean yeah. it really is and i was just talking to you guys <clears throat> off the air about this industry in particular the more and more i've gotten to learn and the more people that i have met from every walk of the green industry and gardening and landscaping everyone's nice and really they just want to share information it's not competitive like you're keeping the information to yourself so that is worth a look as well when uh when chop my tree has the blogs about <clears throat> different kinds of trees and just interesting you know like quick five things you need to do for this. I mean, just easy peasy. I want to get to read in Kennesaw here in just a minute about uh, pruning an evergreen and arborvitae, I believe it was. But Raphael, I showed you the picture uh, that Tracy shared with me on Facebook. What is the purpose of this thing? I couldn't find anything online about it. Uh, My landlord did it. So it looks like if you take a baked potato and you wrap it in foil and it's a really long baked potato, that is around some tree limbs um, on a tree on her property. And we're thinking, what in the world is going on there? So we kind of didn't know, but we may have settled on a great way to propagate, like the limb of a tree. And there's a way when you have a limb and you kind of scrape, what's what's the very most outer part of the limb? The very most outer part of the limb? Yeah. What's when that you, layer called? Uh, the cambium? Yep, the cambium yeah, layer. Yeah, vascular, so where the vascular system when is. When you scrape that and you kind of leave it exposed, some plants will maybe put off roots or something and start and they to grow from there. Yeah, yeah develop they, their own plants. Yeah, they take advantage of the nutrients circulating in that area and they grow from there. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So that could be. Maybe he knows something that we don't, Tracy, but um, he could be trying to maybe propagate or kind of air layer a tree to maybe get a new 
tree from that uh, part of the, the branch right. that he's then going to cut off. And Yeah, we need more information on that picture so we can yeah. <laughs> come up with, <laughs> with I like that. But uh, yeah, people sharing some knowledge on Facebook there. I appreciate that. Okay, without further ado, I've teased ahead to read. I know your question's going to be amazing. Good morning, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I have a beautiful arborvita that's in a corner planter, and it has actually done too well. It's grown to about a five to six foot diameter and is overgrowing the sidewalk. Can that be pruned back? And if so, how much? Okay. Uh, arborvitas, they're tip- we, the way we typically do arborvitas, we hedge trim them. We don't mm-hmm. do a lot of pruning like we do to specimen trees like oaks and pine trees <clears throat> when they have long limbs. So right. the answer is yes, yes, you can do that. Of course, I'd like love to take a look at it if you want to give us a call, and I'll be happy to stop by and take a look at myself. Uh, okay. But the answer is yes, you can prune it back. Okay, great, because I, I know the green part is only on the outer six, eight inches. I was afraid if I cut it off, it may not come back. So <laughs> I, right. I'll, I'll get in touch with you, and uh, if you can come out and look, I'd appreciate it. Sounds good, sir. It'd be my pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Reed and Kennesaw, definitely y'all's coverage area there. Mm-hmm. Um, and remind folks, Raphael, whether we're pruning shrubs or pruning trees, you say prune back to a growth point, and people may not know what that means. And what does that do for the tree? Sure. Um, the proper way to prune a, a limb or a branch is when you cut it back to the trunk, also known as the branch collar. Uh, trees have ways to seal the wound. They like to say they, trees don't heal, they seal. So once you cut it back to the trunk and you, you perform a proper cut, that cut, there's exposed wood there, there's going to be sap coming out of the tree. It feels like the tree is bleeding. You don't, you don't like to see that. However, if you do the proper cut, it's going to seal a lot faster. So that's what I'm trying to say is you're supposed to cut every branch that you prune back to the trunk or back to the branch union. So let's just, I'm trying to put a picture in your head right now. If you have a long limb that splits in two, um, the branch union is where it V's out. So as long as you cut it back to that V, or if you decide to take the whole limb back, make sure you cut it back to the trunk. Don't just, don't cut it in half. Yeah, it's kind of awkward because then you're not really sending the tree the right signal. Okay, where do I grow from now? And it looks funny. It looks funny. And what's going to happen is the branch will try to survive. It will struggle. So you're going to see a lot of water sprouts coming off the, in the middle of the branch, also known as suckers. Yes. They come out of the branch. That's just an attempt to survive. Ugh. But he, I don't. in most cases, he, he never makes it. So a thinning cut, a heading cut, kind of know which one you need to do for what purpose it serves for you. That's right. Another pruning question. I love this. Frank and Tucker, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hi. I've got four laurel oaks that we planted 40 years ago. And... Uh, I was wondering, in this hot weather, my wife wants to prune them. Uh, how m- many limbs can you take off of an oak tree? Is there a rule of thumb about how big the tree is and what you can prune off? Or that's a good question. Yeah, you know, to make sure you don't thing. maybe over prune, right, Frank? You don't want to take too. Many I don't want to kill off. the tree. Right. Sure. Yeah. The general rule of thumb that we like to use is not to go over 30% of the canopy. So, of course, you're not going to count the branch and try to calculate what 30% is. You have to have a, a picture in your head and try to, not to go over it. Now, you mentioned that you planted those trees four years ago? 40. Oh, 40. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. We have a little more at stake with these laurel oaks. <laughs> yeah, that's then. right. That's right. So, yeah, use that rule. Uh, I like to I, – I tell my clients, don't over prune trees – 
during hot summertime. The best time to, of the year to do it is during the winter, in the dormant season. You're That's right. when the nutrients, all the nutrients, they come from the leaves and the branches. They go down to the root system. They, they, they stay there for the whole dormant season. And that allows you to go more aggressive in the pruning job. Okay. So it's mainly the canopy, the percent of the canopy. That's correct. Okay, great. And when you cut, when you cut a, a prune it back, do you put any kind of medicated uh, material on the cut or just leave it bare? So it, there's been, you know, there are materials out there. You can buy stuff in Home Depot sprays, but none of that have any scientific background that proves that that will actually help the tree. I've seen okay. people doing that just to match the coloration, the darker coloration, because sometimes it stands out that bright color as soon as you do a fresh cut. And the people will paint on it, but it doesn't really help the tree at all. Okay. Save okay. yourself the money and the time, Frank. That's right. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you already kind of had it in your head. Nah, not necessary. Well, I'm glad you called. Thank you so much. Thank you, ma'am. Uh -huh. Appreciate you, it. Like your show. Thank you bye so bye. much. Thanks. Now, let me ask you about that. I'm glad Frank brought that up, though. In what cases, Raphael, would we ever want to gum up a tree with some kind of substance to maybe... You know, I mean, you don't need to put anything over a, a cut, a fresh wound, but like when there is a hole in the tree, say that it's been, you know, there's a, a spot of rot or maybe a woodpecker mm -hmm. or something, is, does it ever behoove us to try to plug in something? So, like I said before, trees, they don't heal, they seal. Once, once the wood is gone, it's gone. It's not going to come back. So many times you're going to see large, mature oak trees with big holes and cavities inside the trunk. And I've seen, you know, back in the day, I think people used to put... Uh, I've seen concrete. Concrete, yeah, uh, cement inside. Lots of it. And that doesn't really help the tree at all. I mean, it's, uh, it's a filler, right? Oh, it makes yeah. it look... And if you paint it, if you do a good painting job on oh top of it, God. maybe it looks better. People paint a tree? Yeah, they oh, do. They put no. the concrete in. They're, 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 I've seen foam. All kinds of crazy no. stuff. Yeah, all Side sorts trees. of... But it doesn't really help the tree whatsoever. That's like a bad way of filling a cavity in your tooth. Mm, Would you do right. that? No. <laughs> so say that again. Trees don't... They don't heal. They seal. They seal the wound. I think people may be growth. seeing that Raphael quote later on today on Facebook. There you go. 404-872-0750. Going to take a break. And up next, Will calling from Tennessee. Question about pruning a fruit tree. Stay tuned. Pike Nursery 2 at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about lawn diseases and more tree questions. 404-872-0750. It's 95.5 WSB. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy green and growing with Ashley Frasca and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I, will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Ashley. All right, about 75 degrees. It's going to heat up today, guys. Your weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. It is going to get up to about 86, 88 degrees today. And then tomorrow, much the same. But, of course, we have that 60 to 70% chance for scattered showers and thunderstorms throughout the day. So Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz will be along here in just a little bit. Uh, Jeff Roth with Premier Tree Solutions. How easy is it to get on ChopMyTree.com? And I want to get an appointment. Maybe I need to really start booking you guys and thinking about that because hurricane season, we're in for more wet weather and crazy storms probably for the next couple of months. Yeah, it's it's real easy uh, to get online there at uh, ChopMyTree.com and click on the Contact Us page. And our phone number's on there as well. We And then um, 
you'll fill out the contact us page and then that'll send us an email with all your information and we'll reach out to you and schedule appointment. And right there on the homepage, your crew has a fantastic picture with uh, former President Jimmy Carter. How cool was that? Oh, that was pretty cool. That was pretty <laughs> cool. We uh, were there to do a project at the uh, Andersonville uh, prison. And um, uh, after the storm, the hurricane came through that night. The park rangers came up to us and say, hey, we need to take a drive. Mm-hmm. And um, where are we going? Mm-hmm. President Carter's compound, I went. Oh, didn't, right. didn't know yeah. we signed up for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we spent, uh, I think, about 10 days at his place and his school and his office. Yeah. So, And you know he built the house that he and Rosalind live in. It's really, really neat. Isn't that cool? They've got these walking paths that they do their walks on and stuff like that. Amazing. So, yeah. Like, no wonder he hasn't wanted to move. I mean, that yeah. is a sentimental very nice. place. Yeah. Very nice. How cool. So yeah. definitely click over to Chop My Tree to see what we're talking about there. All right. Up next, Will in Tennessee. Good morning. Welcome to Georgia. Good morning. Hey. Hey. Really love y'all show. Thank I you. I wish you guys were on every day. I do, too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, boss, are you listening? Will says I should be on every day. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, put her on every day, boss. <laughs> so what you got about fruit trees? Yeah, so uh, my question relates to pruning as well. I've seen some conflicting advice online in different places about uh, pruning. I know the, the best time to do it is in the uh, dormant season, you know, January, February, whatever. I have pear trees, and I have one pear tree that's, Grew over 10 years, and finally this year it has pears on it. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Uh, my question is about summer growth. So the suckers or water sprouts, or they're called, that shoot straight up. I've seen, you know, people recommend that you go ahead and take those off in the growing season, and I'm worried about doing it because everybody says don't prune in the growing season. And uh, my second question is, what do the guys recommend to their clients for keeping blackberries out of their pear trees? Oh, goodness. All right. So, um, Raphael, I'm going to give you some time to ponder that because we're running out of time. We're up against a break. Will, I'm going to keep you on hold, but we will definitely remember both of your questions um, because that that is a very good point. You know, at what point is it a little dangerous to remove new growth during the summer and will it affect fruit production Um, And also, just a reminder for those of you who are into home orchards and have a lot of questions about pruning trees like that, Home Fruit Orchard Pruning Techniques, there's a great publication. It's years old, but it's still there. How to form the tree, how to shape it and train the leaders and all of that um, on extension.uga.edu. That is the University of Georgia's extension agency, and they've got a great publication for your reference. Just thought I'd throw that out there. 404-872-0750. We'll be back to answer Will's fruit tree pruning question and with Pike Nursery and ChopMyTree.com. All that next. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. So much to cram into the show today, and I hope you've been able to catch the show, most of it anyways. Started on the air at 6 o'clock this morning. Uh, Give me a couple of days. It may be Monday, but I will have this entire show for you commercial free, back to listen at your leisure as a podcast. 
WSBRadio.com and click on On Demand. Or guess what? You can find me on uh, Spotify and Google Play as well. And you'll definitely want to go back and listen to the part beginning uh, 7.30 to, to now, almost till the end of the show. Premier Tree Solutions, ChopMyTree.com. They've been on and we've answered some great tree questions, uh, Raphael, for sure. And the latest just before the break was Will from Tennessee. So glad to have someone call from Tennessee. That's fun. Um, but a pear tree and, you know, it's bearing fruit, which is really great. But new growth, call it suckers, you know, from the tips of the branches. Remove those or no? Um, I don't think there's any harm to remove those right now, although I don't think it's necessary. Okay. Uh, like we were talking before, I don't, you know, there's a lot to do. Fruit trees, they have their particular particularities. So mm-hmm. I would do some research before I do that and make sure you're doing the right thing. There are certain, there are certain time of year that you're supposed to do that. Uh, there's certain age of trees that when you're supposed to go more aggressive on removing the suckers or not. So, you know, and like you mentioned, there's a lot of uh, articles out there. There's UGA, there's Auburn, there's great schools around here. So I'll just Google Google Scholar and find some articles and make sure you're doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. And and maybe just not, you know, hold off on the pruning when it's just not absolutely necessary. Correct. But maybe looking at those fruit trees, if there's been any damage to the limbs, if there's, you know, something that looks kind of suspect, best to take it out immediately. Otherwise, nothing urgent. Correct. Okay, great. And again, Will, uh, I know you're in Tennessee and the University of Tennessee is going to have the same thing, but uh, the University of Georgia Extension, they've got a great publication on that. So find that at extension.uga.edu, their website. When you go under publications, just search fruit tree pruning and it's right there for you. All right. It is the time of the show to go ahead and say good morning to Pike Nurseries. And we have come to expect this and know the knowledgeable and helpful folks there. Jackson Grimsley's been on the show before, assistant manager of the Roswell location. Hey, Jackson, good morning. Good morning, Ashley. So this is relevant, right? Disease control for the lawn and the garden. My goodness, so much rain, high humidity. I mean, there's some days you can't even breathe outside. It's so humid. Um, so people are probably coming into the nursery showing you different disease or fungus, you know, that they've got on their different plants and even maybe affecting some of their grass blades. So where to even begin, my friend? Absolutely. So, yeah, summer is always a prime time for fungi um, this year more than most because of the sheer amount of rain that we've gotten. Um, so lawns, that the lawn fungi are a big one that we get. Um, you know, usually you'll see uh, brown patches or large circles silver dollar, um, kind of gray spots on the leaves, something like that. So really common if you're seeing that in your lawn, that's what's going on. It's a fungi. Luckily, there are some very easy treatments for that kind of thing. Good. Um, you want to use a systemic fungicide. Um, systemic means it's going to treat what's there, but it's also a preventative. Um, and the one that I really like is called Infuse. It's made by Bonide. Um, and it comes in two forms. There's a granular, uh, which is great for larger lawns. You can just put it in the spreader. It's got spreader settings on the bag. Put that out, and that should take care of what's there. Also, what's really nice for smaller lawns, like my lawn is about a 1,000 square feet, they have a hose attachment, so you actually just screw the bottle straight onto your hose, turn the water on, turn the nozzle, and it will mix in the bottle and spray out there so you don't have to worry about mixing and ratios or anything like that. It does it all for you, Um, and it's a great product because it treats for about four to five weeks. So it's four to five weeks of protection every time you treat there. One so, you know, one you application know, probably, of bonite infused lasts that long. That's great. I mean, that should get us through the wettest part of the summer. Absolutely. You know, through, through the spring and summer, you treat maybe three, three times, you know, three to four times, and that takes care of it. It's a great product. 
And if we could rewind in time and talk to folks who were doing their bedding plants and their annuals, maybe, you know, a month, month and a half, two months ago, um, it's so important with these flowers and perennials and annuals and things when you're planting them to properly space them. And there's a reason why the tag is in the plant, tells you how to how far apart to space them because of good air circulation, right? And if we get good airflow through the plant, it's going to make it less susceptible to disease because it's going to be able to dry out in between, you know, dew in the morning and rains and things like that. But Jackson, I bet a lot of people are probably seeing black spots on their roses, maybe like a powdery mildew, that kind of white um, on impatience and things like that. So good news. There's ways to treat that as well. Absolutely. And and you hit the nail on the head. Those are probably your two most common ones that we see, at least that customers are bringing in. And for those, you just use a topical product. Um, there's a couple of really good ones that will help take care of that. Uh, Bayer actually makes an all-in-one rose and flower care product. So what's fantastic about that is it's not only a topical fungicide, but it's also an insecticide and a fertilizer. Wow. So that fertilizer is really important because annuals and perennials tend to be such heavy feeders. Mm-hmm. So it's a great, great product to use for any, ro- for any rose or flower. And we always include roses because they can be somewhat disease prone. If you just want a fungicide, uh, Dacanil is a fantastic product. It's been around forever. It's one of the older fungicides on the market um, and it is tried and true and uh, an excellent product. Dacanil, definitely going to work well. And also the um, BioAdvanced All-in-One Rose and Flower Care that you're talking about. That's something every gardener, I think, should have. It's in the blue bottle. Um, application is super easy as well. So Dacanil is a fungicide. Um, and we can't let you escape the conversation without talking about our vegetable gardens because we're out there a lot more often now, Jackson. We're harvesting things. Um, and we're seeing some some common issues, maybe a little bit of rust um, and thracnose, blight. Blight is going to affect maybe not only the leaves, but some parts of the fruit as well. So we have to be maybe a little more careful on what we use uh, in the garden. Absolutely. With, with the way that vegetable gardening has taken off in the last year, um, you're seeing a lot of first-time gardeners running across these problems, and they are coming in with lots of questions. But, yeah, you want to use an organic product for sure. Anything that you're going to be eating, it's always best to use an organic product. But there's a couple of great ones. Uh, the, most, the most common, I'd say the most popular one is copper fungicide, co- uh, hmm. copper-based product. is a great organic fungicide to use. Um, you want to treat probably every week, a week to two weeks or so. Um, and basically it comes, like the infuse, it comes in a couple, couple different ways. Uh, it comes in that hose attachment. So, again, if you're doing... You know, you have a pretty large vegetable garden. It's a great way to just treat a whole area. Uh, it comes in a concentrate that you can mix yourself or in a granular option if you wanted to spread it that way. Uh, neem oil is actually another one. Oh, that is uh, good. Neem oil, most people think of neem oil as an insecticide, uh, an organic insecticide, but it is actually a fungicide as well. So copper fungicide, Bonite also makes that as well. And what's so great, it's just low concentrations of copper that can be used on all of those things. And that is certainly organic. But I love it, Jackson, because when you look at these bottles, it's on the label. Like really what you're trying to treat. There's a picture of the symptom right there on the bottle that you're like, oh, yep, that's exactly what I have. That's exactly what I need. Absolutely. Bonite also makes it, as a company, they make it very easy to tell what products are organic and chemical. Um, in the top right corner of all of their labels, it'll be shaded a different color. So if oh. it's purple, it's going to be a chemical product. And if it's a beige color, it's going to be a natural or organic product. That's fancy. And I bet the lid, too, because a lot of Bonide stuff, the lids are purple. So that means mm-hmm. it's chemical. And mm-hmm. lid, Absolutely. if it's tan, 
it's organic. I did not know that. Look at you. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, well, good information. And so encourage uh, folks again, Jackson, to bring stuff into the nursery. What's the harm, right? Absolutely. If, if you're having a problem with anything, if you're seeing something that you think might be a fungus, bring us a cutting, bring us a picture. We'd love to take a look at it and help you out with it. Jackson, always appreciate your time and your knowledge. Thank you so much. And what store are you located at today? Absolutely. I'm at the Roswell store. We are at uh, 615 West Crossville Road in Roswell. Um, but, you know, if you need to find your, lo- your closest Pike Nursery, just head to our website, pikenursery.com. And, you know, we've got locations all over the city. There it is. Great. Well, Jackson Grimsley, assistant manager of the Roswell location. Have a great weekend. Appreciate your time, buddy. Absolutely. You have a good one. Thanks. You too. 404-872-0750 is the number. And I'm back with Jeff Roth and Rafael Santiago. Chopmytree.com. You know these guys. Premier Tree Solutions. And Rafael, you did a little bit of show prep, which I love to hear because I do it all week. <laughs> um, but one of the most common things you get and that I've gotten quite often to um, expose tree roots. There are some trees that are just more likely to you know, have them above ground, um, and folks will spend so much time and money and effort trying to combat this. What do we do? So, yeah, that's a very common problem, and especially when you're trying to grow grass around the trees. And uh, I get a lot of questions about it. And, uh, you know, the, the thing about trees is they trees evolved, and they're better suited for natural conditions, you know, woodlands, you know, jungles. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, once you have a big specimen oak tree in the front yard, it's not the tree that is uh, in the wrong place. You built your house around it. <laughs> That's true. The oak <laughs> so tree don't blame, was there don't first. blame on the tree. <laughs> Just put it that way. The the most important part of the the ground around the tree uh, for the roots is the top layer, the first five to ten inches. That's where all of the absorbent root system is concentrated, and roots need oxygen. So when you you know urban trees, in in when there's pavement around it, you know sidewalks, walkways, you name it. Uh, all of that is helping to compact the ground further and further. And what the trees are doing when you see those exposed roots is just an attempt of the roots to gasp for some air. Oh, They're wow. trying to catch some air and take a break from the, all of that compaction. Um, so then you have a problem. You have all of these exposed roots and you have grass. You're trying to grow grass at the same time. And you're trying to mow your grass. And, you have, you, and next thing you know, you're hutting your trees because of the, the mechanical injuries and all of that. So the best solution that I tell our clients is, you know, put some mulch around the tree, yeah. create a mulch bat. And that, that's really all it takes. And mulch, there's only benefits to mulching mm-hmm. around trees. You know, it keeps a cool temperature. It prevents weeds from growing, crawling insects and all of that stuff. Uh, it provides nutrients around the tree. It's a slow release fertilizer. So it's only positives. So that's my recommendation for those people out there. They're having trouble uh, problems with the exposed roots around the, around the trees. So you see your forehead and you see that tree trunk, just go ahead and beat your head into that tree trunk because when you're trying to grow grass, that's really all you're, you're doing. I <laughs> mean, you are just beating your head into that tree. It's not going to happen for you. So talk about mulching. I know that's important to, you know, conserve water and, you know, cool everything off and all of that, but we don't want to mulch right up to the tree. We want to give it a little room to breathe back from the trunk, right? That is a great comment. That's also, mulch could become a problem as well if you don't place it right. Right. So there's the right placement to do it when it comes to mulch. You don't, you're not supposed, you're not supposed to put dirt and mulch or any type of material up against the bark of the tree. 
So there's this thing that is called trunk flare. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the base of the tree, it's the curvature when the tree roots meet the ground. Okay, so you should be able to see that curvature, not just a perfect cylinder coming out of the tree. Like a telephone pole, it exactly. should not look like you that. You don't want that. So once you see it, just do some digging around the tree and make sure you expose that area, and it should be okay. And, you know, like you're saying, if we can maybe extend that and make it out into a bed and maybe plant some, some smaller perennials or something there, just kind of maybe plant around the roots, like not, you know, right up against them. But we do have some spots of bare earth that we could put things in, right? That is correct. Just don't plant any other specimen trees around. Yeah. That's, that's my suggestion. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we're running out of time, so I'm not even going to give out the phone number again. Nina and Lilburn, What to Grow on a Balcony. I'm going to get with you off the air because I may have some good suggestions and want to find out more. I'm going to have one more question for Raphael and for Jeff about a maple tree. There may be two trunks and which one's going to win out and how we determine that from Kevin. Uh, 404-872-0750 Just have it I said I wasn't going to give out the phone number again We'll be right back You're listening to Green and Growing On 95.5 WSB It's Scott Slade Host of Atlanta's Morning News On 95.5 WSB The news, weather, and traffic team Will be here first thing Monday morning To help you get back to work on time and informed Now back to Green and Growing With Ashley Frasca On 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk so before I run off, I want to leave you with some good information. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. You're waking up to about 76 degrees. Yeah, it's already humid. The winds are calm, and we've got a 60 to 70% chance for showers throughout the day. High of 88 today, high of 86 tomorrow, and the more thunderstorms moving in on Monday, of course. Some final thoughts from my guests in studio. They're actually here with me, folks. I don't have them on the phone. Jeff Roth and Rafael Santiago of Premier Tree Solutions. Easy, online, chopmytree.com. That's how you make an appointment, look them up, see their equipment, what all they can do for you. Not just tree, you know, chopping and pruning. There's a lot more that goes into it. Raphael is a certified arborist, so he has been fantastic answering a lot of your questions. And I got one more for you. Sure. Okay, I'm not letting you go until until we help Kevin out. He sent me a picture of a, a small maple. It's maybe only three, four feet high at this point, but it actually looks like two trees in one. The other is a, a maple, and one's a Japanese maple or something, but should he cut one down and let the other survive? So one trunk is, they're both small, but one is more brown and established, and one looks like a new offshoot, and it's green, but it's just as big around. So what does he do? That's right. So it looks like those trees are growing together in the very same spot. They're not even an inch apart, and they're about the same size and probably the same age. I would just pick the one that he likes most. Okay. And uh, in, in my opinion, I'll go with the Japanese maple. I think most listeners will agree sure. with me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no way those trees will grow together for too much. I mean, they might stay like that for another year or two, yeah. but not, not not for the long run. So just go almost all the way down to the ground and yeah, cut it at the Yeah, cut it at the base. You know, the, the roots will die off and that they're going to be used as nutrients. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, so more more fortification for the tree that remains. That's right. Um, Jeff, so good to see you. We've had a relationship for years yeah. here at WSB and just found out we have another something in common. So yeah. uh, Chop My Tree, you've been around in business since 2009. Congratulations. That's the year I started at WSB as well. Good year it was. Yes. Um, but tell folks, what's the coverage area, the service area for Metro Atlanta? Sure. Uh, any uh, Down to about Peachtree City, Fayetteville, just north of that, up to Dawsonville. Wow. Um, in those general areas, out to, say, Lawrenceville, mm-hmm. uh, Kennesaw, Ackworth, that Woodstock. area. Woodstock. You've been to That's my parents' right. home. I you have, have been to, yes, to Kathy's house in That's Woodstock, right. Georgia. Yeah. Um, chopmytree.com is where you're going to find these guys. And go ahead and they need to make an appointment now, right, to get sure. in pretty soon. Sure. Just fill out the contact us page on the website and uh, the girls will get in touch with you and schedule uh, one of the arborists or myself to come out and take a look. 
And follow them on Facebook, too. Great information and blogs pretty much weekly from these guys. I have linked over to Premier Tree Solutions Facebook page on my own. So find that. Green and Growing WSB. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Raphael. Thank you. We're going to do Rachel. this once a month. Sounds so we'll good. go ahead and get a date on the calendar for August. Thanks to Greg and John and Corey for making the show what it was today. I really appreciate it. I'll be back next Saturday, and we'll have Dr. David Coyle from Clemson University to talk about forestry and entomology. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, up next, Dave Baker in the Home Fix-It Show. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.